Listeners, I'm thrilled, nay, super excited to be live with the fabulous, the national treasure that is Michael Rosen. Michael, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, Amazing. How are you? I'm good. Um, COVID did knock out my left eye and my left ear and made my toes numb. But apart from that, the rest of me seems to be pretty good. You've continued writing and you've written amazingly well since we've had some great titles from you as well what does the future hold generally for you i know you're here to talk uh, you've got a keynote presentation that we're all really looking forward to what can folks expect from you there the future blimey uh right uh, well there's a couple of books coming out this year um uh, there's a, a book about a bear um a little bear that's worried whether it's going to run out of dreams when it goes to sleep for for hibernation and then there's another story that's actually not by me, it's told by a dog. Um, and it's a French dog, so it's called Gaston Le Dog. And Gaston Le Dog is on a kind of odyssey um, to get to the beach. For some reason or another, he's pretty fixated about a beach. And he meets up with some pals. There's a hedgehog who, all those of you who speak French will know, is called Hérisson. Yes, and also meets up with a cat. Uh, a cat that might be quite familiar to people little bit like Puss in Boots but anyway this cat lives in of course you know in French a cat is called a chat so of course it lives in a chateau yes you've got there and so um, that's right Gaston the dog and the chateau and um, also a very wise old serpent and a hippie yak um, that collects flotsam and jetsam from a river so uh, plenty there that's coming out in the autumn Amazing. We can't wait for that as well. Uh, you're speaking at the show here. What can folks expect on the stage from you today? Uh, well, I did a little booklet for schools called Write to Feel Right. And it's about writing about emotions and writing for your own well-being, if you like, your, your uh, state of mind. Um, and I'm drawing on my own experience of writing about trauma and bereavement and illness um, and loss. And so I, I draw on that without loading the children with that in the book uh, but today I'll be talking a little bit about that book I'll read from it it's a, a little booklet a, sc a school's booklet um, and then reading some of the poems that I've written about being ill um, and also um, all various things to do with my family remembering uh, or trying to understand what happened to their relatives in the Holocaust um, and also the loss of my son so I'll be reading some poems about that and talking about why I wrote in the way I did I think yeah it's an amazing book as well, just an amazing title. I love the collection of photographs that really kind of touched me in an enormous way. Really exciting. What do you think colleagues can do to improve the state of writing for our young people? What are the things we can do? Well, I think we should stop chasing them about these expected levels. The idea that there's a special kind of writing that is good on the basis of the fact that you've ticked, ticked some boxes that come from the uh, grammar, punctuation and spelling test, to me, it seems to be completely absurd. It's um, to be crude about it. Um, well, I won't be crude about it, but anyway, it's the wrong way round. I think people know the various expressions to describe that. Um, and so I just think it's really absurd. I mean, I can remember going as a parent um, for open day with one of my children and the teacher said they're very pleased with his writing because he's embedding his relative clauses and expanding his noun phrases. And I just remember thinking, well, yeah, but I mean, it doesn't actually make good writing. Good writing can be, sometimes you can just write without even verbs. You know, think of great poems, think of, well, even very clever adverts. If you stand on the tube and see, see it, say it, 
sorted. You know, there's no expanded noun phrases there, there's no subordinate clauses, there's no relative clauses. It's very direct, and in fact it's even, in grammatical terms, incorrect. See it, yeah, full stop, that's great. Say it, yeah, full stop, that's great. Though in fact GPS would say you'd have to have an exclamation mark there because it's a command, that's how absurd it is. And then we got sorted all on its own. Well, that's not a sentence, says GPS. Well, of course, it works very well. We, look, look at me. I'm not, I'm not reading that off a piece of paper. I know it off by heart. So there was a slogan that really worked that wouldn't pass SATs. Well, what does that tell us? That tells us that writing for a purpose is much more important than thinking how it suits these formulaic writing by numbers principles. So I think, I know it's very difficult for teachers. You've got to do it. You've got to make sure that the children are coached for SATs in effect. Um, but you must find some other time, some, some free time, some space where you can write where you're inspired by other literature apart from anything else and by the children's own experiences. So the great thing about literature is it exposes us to the possibilities of different ways of writing. And different ways of writing remind us about our own experiences. So you have an interchange, a lovely, lovely interchange between your own experience and these incredible variety, this incredible variety of ways of writing. Expose the children to that and they will fill in their own experiences and their own imaginations. You must trust them and it'll happen. Of course, colleagues will know that um, before they start writing, we need to get them reading more as well. What else can we do to encourage a greater or a higher level of reading in young people? Well, the key thing we have to remember about reading is that it's, it was invented so that we have pleasure. That was why it was invented. It wasn't invented in order to um, give us exams or tests or uh, to find out whether it, it was good for us or not. You know, when Homer wrote the Odyssey, it was in order to excite us and amaze us and make us wonder about this person and, and his failings and uh, the adventures and whether he'd be able to cope with the, the clashing rocks and whether what trick would he, would he manage to think up in order to be able to listen to the sirens but not dive into the sea and then get destroyed. And, and we, we're in awe of this and we love this and then we wonder whether he'll ever get home and then if he gets home, will it be okay? All this, that's why, um, you know, we, we invent literature. So that's over 3,000 years old. And we've been doing that ever since. And whether it's comics or um, stories or poems or drama, um, opera, you know, this is all ways of writing. And we do it for pleasure. So school should be a place for pleasure writing and reading too. So the idea that, um, you know, we can make reading for pleasure at the centre of the curriculum. We know that if children read for pleasure, they access education more easily. So if you want to then add on to that, they achieve more, uh, they attain more, that's true. But they will find it easier to access education if they read more and if they read for pleasure because they'll find their ways to different texts that excite and interest them. And that's the way. What can parents do? Because a lot of the reading can be done at home and colleagues would say that if uh, a child is not from a reading household, they're at a disadvantage. What advice could you give to parents to encourage their children to get stuck in? Well, ideally, if there's a library near you, go to that. If there's a bookshop near you, go to that. Give the children the choice, get, let them choose. But the internet is a fantastic source of books and writing of all kinds. It does take a little bit of navigating, but if you put in a title, let's say you've got young children and you put in a title like Nursery Rhymes or you put in Hansel and Gretel, you'll find lots of lovely versions of it, whether in writing or in video form, with lots of lovely pictures and so on. 
and you can start exploring. So if you, uh, I know some books that are old are quite difficult for children to access, but you know, virtually every book that was written before 1900, or I think even before 1920 now, is actually up there on the internet somewhere. And so you can play around with these things and also go to authors' websites and see what they show because quite often authors put up their, their bits of their books and so on on their websites. I put up, I've got over 200 videos of my poems, for example. I'm not the only one. Um, I put up new poems on my website. So if, you, if your child says, well, they like Julia Donaldson, go to Julia Donaldson's website. Find what she's talking about and uh, sit with your child and, and help them navigate. That's what I'd say. And do you have a favourite author at the moment? A favourite author? Well, I, I read a wonderful book for adults, this is, um, by a man called Colin Grant. And Colin Grant's parents came from Jamaica. He was born here, um, brought up here. And he wrote a book um, called I'm Black So You Don't Have To Be. Yes, so it's... Um, and that's a quote from his, uh, an older relation of his um, who, who was a pioneer, really, for him. And he said, well, I did the black bit... Um, and now you don't have to be. So it's a lovely, wry, clever, funny, brilliant book about his Caribbean heritage and how he navigates around his relatives. Um, I interviewed him for the London Review of Books. You can see a little video of me interviewing him, and I just think it is a wonderful, wonderful book. That's an amazing there. Uh, do you have a particular children's author, apart from yourself, that you would recommend to anyone? Uh, children's authors, many, many. I mentioned Julia Donaldson. I think she is a pure genius. I, I think... We are so, so lucky to have Julia Donaldson. In years to come, people will go, oh, she was amazing. Just like the people say, A.A. Milne, goodness me, how amazing. J.R.R. Tolkien, how amazing. People will say that. They should be saying it now. She should be somehow in the centre of the national conversation about literature and books. She isn't because we diminish and don't value children. So if you write for children... This is somehow thought of as like a bit childish, but so far from it. This is somebody who is a genius with words and literary form, and we have her in our midst. We should be treasuring her. So, um, Julia Donaldson. That's a brilliant recommendation. Um, it's a pleasure as ever to speak with you, Michael. Thank you so much. The very best of luck for your keynote presentation, and I may well see you later on uh, in the afternoon. For the moment, thank you so much, and God bless you. Thank you. Thanks very much. The official broadcaster of BET 2023.